Hello and welcome to another episode of the Portable Magic Dispenser, a podcast for your school library, public library, whatever. My name is Lucas Maxwell and hopefully you find these helpful. Today I'm going to talk about something, um, I guess a little more personal, but hopefully it also applies to being a librarian. It's about being uh, an autistic school librarian um, or librarian in general. Uh, So I was diagnosed as autistic in my early 40s so a bit it took a bit of time obviously and it was kind of like a relief but also quite difficult at the same time it helped me make sense of my life really things that had happened to me or how I experienced things it kind of helped some pieces fall into place but there was also some I guess bitterness about not being diagnosed earlier and you know just bitterness about especially employment because I've struggled with employment in my entire life I've lost a lot of jobs I I used to do a lot of different types of work and I'm not knocking any type of work uh, anybody does at all but it was really difficult because I had communication issues and I still have them and to work in certain areas you need to have strong organization and communication skills and I lack a lot of that and that is a that is an autistic trait I guess um, for many people <clears throat> so I lost a lot of jobs and I had a lot of work that fell apart and I was pretty desperate really to figure out what I wanted to do um, I was kind of labeled probably odd or difficult in some work environments um, I could not keep a job as a young adult, really. So I didn't like any of the small talk with social workers. I didn't want to hang out with anybody. And I just didn't want to do it. And I didn't do it. So I didn't really advance anywhere or anything. So, And I also honestly don't probably really don't like people telling me what to do. I think what's good about being a school librarian is, yes, of course, people are kind of telling you what to do, but I'm very lucky that they've kind of given me just a blank slate because they trust me. I've been there 10 years now, and I'm doing the best I can do. Um, But no, they kind of just, they don't say, you can do this and you can't do this. And I was in a public library system where I was micromanaged, and I hated it, to be honest. Um, So you, I had to ask permission to put up a poster, you know, on the walls. So things like that and that I mean I love the public library working with the teens I was a teen librarian working with the public absolutely loved it hated the management and that's the other thing um there's you have I have struggled to get past certain things like that so and that's not maybe not entirely an autistic trait but getting past things um I can remember things I have a very good long-term memory super long-term memory horrible short-term memory and um, I think that being uh, a school librarian suits uh, autistic people. I mean, not you don't obviously. There's many different people working in school librarians, but it is a very um, for good and for bad. It is an isolating and um, type of work. It can be, um, but it's, but I think in some ways that suits an autistic person. Uh, in some, uh, I don't want to. I'm not going to paint everybody as the same brush because everybody is different. Um, personally, it suits me because I prefer lack of people. Uh, I don't like I don't like being around a lot of people. So um, there's a stereotype, though, that we're all like Rain Man. Uh, that film really, I think, I think, did a lot of damage 
to the artistic community and you can have your own opinion that's fine uh you may think i'm wrong that's fine i don't think that that movie did anything good for the artistic community i think it is they people saw that movie hugely popular and they assume that everybody who's autistic is some sort of genius with math and it's not true um i'm here to say i cannot do math at all i hate it and don't have any interest in it and <laughs> um so being a librarian can be difficult just like any other work um but for whatever reason i've been able to stick with this for almost 10 years i've never had a job for probably more than a year uh other than public librarian which i I stuck out but um it was torture near the end there are things though that i struggle with and i'm just going to go through them and then go into the positives so Hopefully this will be helpful. Maybe, I don't know if it will be, but um, these are things that I struggle with and how it kind of applies to being a school librarian. So communication, definitely, as I mentioned. When I when someone comes in the library, my immediate goal is, and not because I don't like the person, but my immediate goal is how do I get rid of this person fast as fast as possible? And when I mean that, like, if they come in to ask me something, I will just agree to whatever they want just to move on. Because the, not, again, not because I, they may be perfectly amazing, pleasant people, but my goal is to get rid of them as soon as possible so I don't have to have the awkward not looking them in the eye, which I don't do, looking at the ground, starting to sweat, which I will do immediately. Um, I don't, I don't, that's just the way it is. And so then I'll end up agreeing to something, but then I'll completely forget. Because people sometimes assume, like, oh, I've told them this in person. They're going to do it. I will not remember it. And you have to email it to me. And you have to email it to me very clearly. (laughs) I have to be uh, sent information extremely clearly, bullet point format. (laughs) And I will hopefully get it in my head. Um, Again, this is just me. I'm not going to say that this is your experience. When I write an email to someone, I do that because I think this is what they want because this is what I want. So I write it in bullet point format and I, I do not do huge chunks of email. I, when I get them, I don't read them. I just don't, I won't read it. So, um, and I know that sounds like, I don't know, petulant or something, but it's not, I just, I can't, my brain cannot handle it. And they may, you might think, well, how do you read as a librarian? I, I can read I can read a book that I'm enjoying. Um, I'm not going to read an email that I'm probably not going to enjoy. Um, I don't like using the phone, so I, I, I avoid that. And I think this is something good for like managers and things like that, people who manage autistic employees across the board. Um, if they are comfortable telling you and you are aware of these kind of challenges, you can simply avoid things like, Avoid using the phone if, if they don't like it. Um, avoid coming in in person if it's unless it's really important. Use email. Use the methods of communication that they are comfortable with. Um, avoid meetings. Uh, I cannot. I could go on for three hours about meetings, how useless I think they are, and things like that. But I know people will have a different opinion. And again, that's cool. But um, I don't see the value in them personally. I think. Uh, they are really a waste of time and typically there to kind of either reassert power or to just um, let people who like to hear themselves talk, I think, is mainly what meetings are for. <laughs> but, uh, I know. Um, 
I think most meetings can be an email, and I know that's some sort of hacky meme, probably on Twitter or something. But I do agree with that. I do. I think can, this could have been sent to me, and I would I could have gone on with my day and actually got some actual work done. Um, I don't really agree with the idea of meetings. So I think that we, if you have an autistic employee or you work in a library, you if you think unless it is um, immediate, like immediately important. And the other thing that's important is that. Me personally, and autistic, a lot of autistic people as well, assume that um, always assume that people are uh, pissed off with them. Always assume that people are angry with them, and that's just the way it is. And I have this constantly. I always assume everyone around me is angry at me for some reason. So if you give a vague email like an unexpected meeting, we need to meet in an hour or two hours or tomorrow. Nothing worse for an autistic person because they will spend. Nothing worse than saying next week or something like that. They will spend that week worrying with sickening anxiety, um, worried about what this meeting is about. Um, it, you need to be clear and you need to give provide um, bullet points, step-by-step instructions as to what this meeting is about and why it is not scheduled normally. And uh, I don't know if you heard that. I'm, I'm doing this by the side of a freeway, just in case you heard that truck go by. Um, it needs to be absolutely clear, Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't know I'd come across as preachy in this email, but uh, here we go. Noise. Um, I struggle with noise, and I work, and work in a big school, big high school, so there you go. That's uh, interesting. Um, I have this bell above my desk, which I hate because it rings every day, every, you know, whatever, 10 times a day, and working on getting that removed. And I hope that um, my goal really is to... Um, reduce the amount of noise as much as possible. I like it when the library is busy, and I'm not someone who goes around and makes it whisper quiet. I, I don't care about that, and I'm not interested. As long as the students are safe and happy and not causing disruption, then there is a level of noise you need to work with. I've talked about behavior management on this podcast before. Um, this is a huge challenge working in a school, but um, the good thing is that, yes, there's often times where it is quiet in between lessons coming in and things happening, um, and I don't like the noise in the corridors or the staff room, so I avoid those at all costs unless I'm there to make a coffee or something like that. Um, the thing that is important to note is that for me, again, just for me, and again, maybe other autistic people, things like meeting people in person, talking on the phone, dealing with noise, dealing with people coming in the library in general, is doubly draining for an autistic person um, than it is for a uh, neurotypical person. And that's because we're doing something called masking, which is essentially pretending to be what we think society wants us to be. And masking is hugely draining on our mental um, and physical health, to be perfectly honest. Um, so we're usually, uh, me, I'm usually exhausted by uh, 11 o'clock. I'm, I get to work at 7, and I'm, I'm done by 11 um, but I'm there till whatever, you know, we've got many more hours to go. So um, it's hard. And I'm not here for some pity party. I don't, I don't care about that stuff. But uh, i just saying that it's something that managers need to be aware of, okay? Noise, interaction with other people is extremely draining. And it's something to be really hyper aware of. Um, I don't need to go into small talk too much, but we avoid it. Usually, I shouldn't say we, but... I avoid it uh, at all costs. Uh, 
And then, again, there's probably one billion people who say, hey, I hate small talk too, but I'm not autistic. Um, that could be true, but does small talk uh, make you sick to your stomach? <laughs> probably not. Um, does it make the back of your neck sweat? Uh, maybe not. Um, I hate it because it's like a test to me. Um, how am I supposed to act? What am I supposed to be saying? What am I supposed to be doing? Um, I've talked about this before, but I had one time had someone tell me that my smile didn't match my eyes, and that was really because I didn't care at all what they were talking about, and I was just in my head going, what am I supposed to be doing in this situation? Um, and, you know, eight years later, when I heard that, I'm st I still think about that. When I have to do small talk, make sure your eyes match your smile. Um, avoiding small talk doesn't mean we're being rude, it just means we're trying to avoid crushing anxiety, really. Um, what I like about working with in the school is that teens and, you know, I work with ages 11 and up, and a lot of the time they don't care about small talk either. They're just, they want, they come to the library, they want something, I can give them what they want. Book, safe place to be, um, a pro cool program, a fun time, um, whatever. So they don't care about that stuff either. And I can build a rapport with them uh, in that way. Uh, and I like that. There's no... They haven't, they haven't experienced the drudgery of whatever office work or whatever, and they haven't experienced the other aspects of life where they think they have to act a certain way. They're really, um, usually, a lot of the time, they're just direct and to the point. And I think that suits kind of an autistic personality. Uh, there's a lack of pretense there. Um, I can provide what they want done. Uh, feeling overwhelmed. Uh, that's another thing. So, and also, of course, being overwhelmed is not solely tied to being autistic, but being overwhelmed um, can lead to things like autistic burnout, which isn't just feeling like, oh, I'm burned out. It is an, a serious uh, health issue, which can lead to massive depression and even loss of a skill. Um, it uh, often not taken seriously enough by neurotypical people. It can really affect your mental health. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Um, the exhaustion that can occur after an autistic burnout can last for months, okay? Um, we all feel overwhelmed, especially today. We have these phones, these devices that are are slamming us with garbage every second of every day. But um, if you're an autistic, you're, you're trying to exist in a world that is not set up for you. It's set up for you to fail. It is not accommodating to you. And people will gaslight you by telling you you're not trying hard enough or to suck it up or... You're not that autistic. I've heard that before. You don't look autistic. I've heard that before. Um, you're not 
you're you're not um, you know you're not good at maths. So you can't be autistic. I've heard that before. Um, on and on, all this garbage that you hear. It is very tough, and this world is not meant to be set up for us. It's not meant for us. So I'm not saying that. Hopefully, that doesn't sound too dark, but it isn't. It isn't really set up for us. So we have to try. All I'm trying to say with this is that we have to try doubly hard. And therefore, you can feel completely overwhelmed. Right. Now, there are positives, of course. Um, being a school librarian and in work in general, if you have, I feel like I have very supportive management, which is great. And I am very sorry if you feel like you don't. I don't know what the answer is to that because there's no, it's very difficult to educate people, if you, especially if you aren't comfortable um, um, declaring your diagnosis or anything like that. There could be many reasons why you don't want to do that or maybe you aren't diagnosed and you just suspect. Either way, if you don't have a supportive management system in place, it can be even even harder than what I've just mentioned. I find all these things really difficult and I feel like I have very supportive management. I have informed them very recently though because I've been very recently diagnosed. Um, special interests though can work in your favor, especially if you're a a school librarian. Um, I have interviewed a great librarian named Ashley Hawkins, who you know discussed on my show that uh, she's uh, autistic, and her special interest is, is manga, uh, manga. And to be interested in something like that, and to develop this great collection, and to, to, to talk about it with such passion to the students and the people that she interacts with, that's had a very positive thing. Um, you don't have to have a special interest as an autistic person. It's not. It's not like you. You don't. You don't have a special interest. Therefore, you can't be autistic. That's not true. Um, I would say my special interest would be something like Dungeons and Dragons, and reading maybe um, Dungeons and Dragons for sure. Which I just kind of like recently rediscovered because of these amazing students that I've worked with, and um, as like a weird uh, positive that came out of the, the lockdown. Um, you know, being immersed in this world is kind of like my special interest: reading, D and D, all that stuff. Um, but it also, it, what it means is that I can discuss this stuff with great excitement. I've been very fortunate that I'm, I'm writing a book about D and D or tabletop role playing games um, that I'm going to, you know, hopefully, will people will find useful. I'm really excited about it. Um, I can also, because I'm interested in these things, make things exciting around books and reading and, and, and things. So you, again, it's taken me, I've been working really since I was 13. I started working in this horrible shop uh, that like I would unload trucks with groceries. And I just thought this is what work is, you know, getting called an idiot by your manager and things like that because I would mess up an order or whatever. Um, I just assumed that's what you had to do. And never once realized that you, you know, you really have to work hard and figure out what, where you fit in, and, and not everyone does it. And it's not like some magic button's going to be pushed, and you're going to, you're going to uh, find it. That's the thing. Like when I was a kid, I thought that there was like a button on me that I was supposed to press so I could be normal. I didn't know. Like I was so out of touch with everything around me, so confused as to what was happening. I actually would think, is there a button that I've missed? And that's the same thing with like work. You have to figure this out. <clears throat> and man, it's not easy. 
Um, the other thing though is creativity is that it ties in with special interests, but um, being a school librarian means I have more time, freedom to try things out, like do this podcast or do a podcast with students when they interview authors or um, get our students to meet an actual Dungeons and Dragons uh, creator when they came in or take students on trips to like when we went up to Knights of Publishing in Brixton, uh, who are now Roundtable Books, um, to help stock our library with diverse reads. I'm going to take students out to, um, you know, comic book shops in the future, and we're going to do a comic book club. We're going to do tons of cool stuff with D&D. We're going to have tons of cool authors in. But really, it's because I'm interested in it. I wouldn't do it if I didn't, if I didn't find it fun. My whole goal, because I hated school growing up, my whole goal with the school library is to create a, a situation that I would have, the, the, not, the, the 11, 12, whatever year old me would have liked. And that may seem selfish, and I don't really care if it is, but it's um, that's the that's the reality. What would I have wanted? I would have wanted a group of D and D friends. I would have liked a comic book club, a manga club. I would have wanted to go to trips, met authors. When I was a kid growing up, uh, you know, I, I assumed all authors were millionaires. I had no clue. Um, so I don't know if this was helpful. Um, my advice. My advice to employers or managers, if you have autistic employees and you know they're autistic, even if you have in the past suspected that there may be certain challenges that they don't like, you can do this. It doesn't take a lot of effort on your part. You can avoid in-person meetings and use emails. You can give autistic people more time to process. I didn't go into too much of that, but I need time to process what I've been told. I don't like quick deadlines. I don't do them. I sound like a real, um, I don't know, like a dictator right now, but that's fine. Um, as I said, I'm always assuming people are upset with me. Always, no matter what. Right now I am. Um, that's why I keep kind of like joking about the way I sound. I assume people won't like it, but part of me doesn't care and part of me really does care. So it's weird. But any ambiguity leads me down this kind of like spiral of dread that I can't get out of. Um, so you need to be very clear with expectations and instructions. You can be aware that the person may not want to make eye contact. It doesn't mean they don't are listening. It doesn't mean they don't care. It just means they do not like making eye contact. I don't know why I don't like to do it. I haven't even researched it, to be perfectly honest. I just don't know why I don't like to do it, but I've never done it. And to have like managers in the past yell at me, to look them in the eye, bang on the desk and like lean forward and be like hello hello is anybody in there you know like biff from back to the future that is very demeaning and <laughs> awful and actually traumatizing um and understand that if this person that you're working with or working as or, or managing has a special interest they may talk about it with great enthusiasm and for a long time they may also interrupt conversations or find it hard to use social cues to move on um, those are the things that I find challenging and things that I, I think are positive. Uh, I don't know. I hope that was useful. But uh, maybe useful for managers. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and I'll, we'll tune in. Uh, what I'll be on uh, in a couple days, I'll be back with um, less heavy things, I guess. But um, this was good for me. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed it. Take care.